Oh, it's just about there. Well, hi, and thanks for making it out with your, with your masks today. So good, good to see a little crowd here. So it's a creation care service, and I thought I'd talk about caring for creation. Uh, it took me a while to think of that, so I hope you appreciate it. Uh, last week, uh, Steve threw me one. He said, it's going to be fun, isn't it? That's what he said. I thought, yeah, fun. Yeah, let's talk about environmental destruction. Hey, fun. <laughs> so, well, how, how are we going to do that? I, I, well, to me, the obvious uh, way is with a bit of pessimism. Everybody ready for some pessimism this morning? So, so yeah, go for it. <laughs> this, 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 is, this is a very simple one. It's, it's for young and old and everyone. And it's, it's just a very simple little quiz. Tell me who you think said these things. Famous people, mine, famous people, not, not kind of reality TV celebrities, you know, proper famous people of substance that said these things. <laughs> any, any, any thoughts? Any? Can you read it now? You can't quite read it. Oh, shame. Okay, I thank God I shall be spared the consummation of ruin that is gathering around us. In every department of our nation, industry, commerce and agriculture, there is no hope. Nothing now can save Britain from utter shipwreck. There is nothing around us but ruin and despair. I'm young, but I dare not marry, for the future is so uncertain. When I look at the younger generation, I despair of the future of civilization. Any, any ideas who, who said these things? Ah, everyone very, I wanna, anyone from the military here? One of your, one of your famous people. Okay. Duke of Wellington, 1892, that first one. <laughs> so are we going newer or further back in time? Do you think, what about the next one? Hmm. Benjamin Disraeli, 1852. Lord Shaftesbury, 1848. William Pitt, 1806. William Wilberforce, 1801. So every generation has seen its problems and thought, where do we go from here? Uh, I, I, I need to skip a few generations. Um, that last one, that was Aristotle, 300 BC. <laughs> thing, thing, things don't change very quickly, do they? Um, but it's, it's good to understand what challenges we face. But um, I think hope is better than pessimism. I, I think let, let's look at how we can have hope. If, if Martin Luther King, it's been said, if he had preached, I have a nightmare, would we remember him in the same way? If Barack Obama has said, can we do it? Yeah, well, I guess it's theoretically possible, but don't get your hopes up. It, 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 I don't think that we'd still even know who he was. Um, so hope is better than pessimism. Uh, but hope is not the same as complacency. Hope does suggest that we actually do something to fulfill our hope. And, and so I think that's, that's kind of where I want to go. And to me, it poses a, quite a, a simple question. Why should Christians want to protect the environment? And, okay, the answer could be the, the same reason as everybody else. And you don't need to come to church to hear about this stuff. If it's not in the news today, it will be tomorrow. Um, you, you, you can see what's happening around the world, and I, I don't feel the need to expand on it, particularly here. The question is, 
where do we go? I think, uh, I don't know what Isaiah actually had in mind or what he saw when he, when he spoke, but when, when he said the earth is utterly broken, split apart, violently shaken, it staggers like a drunken man, sways like a hut, it, it seems somehow apt um, to the, the way we see the, the world starting to go in the wrong direction. So that's the current situation. But can we change it? I think we can. And again, hope is better than pessimism. But is there a specifically Christian perspective? Something that we add to to what anyone might think? I I think there is. And I like to think that any Christian perspective will include something about hope. Jesus is our hope and we have hope that we can turn into action. Uh, and I think that what I'm going to talk about, I think a lot of people who are not Christians can also relate to. Uh, this is not the things that only Christians can think, but it's certainly things that Christians particularly should be thinking about. So we can look at the, look at the Bible, we can look at the whole of Scripture and see what it has to say to us. One, one thing I, I would start with is, clear we should not waste our time on earth. You can see that in so many ways. Uh, This is from Proverbs. The prudent see danger and take cover, possibly face coverings, I don't know. Uh, but, But the simple keep going and suffer the consequences. Every prudent man acts with knowledge. I think the proverb writer had something there. We need to understand and we need to do something about the situation in which we see ourselves. But I think there's also a, a Christian perspective that, again, is, is shared uh, with, with many outside the church. But there are some specific things that I want to talk about. The first three uh, I'll deal with very briefly. Uh, the mission of the church, the commandment, love your neighbor, uh, instructions to care for the natural world, and our mission to be God's image on earth. And put that together with the commandment, love the Lord your God. And I'm going to focus uh, mainly on that, uh, on that last one. So kicking off, the mission of the church. Let's make this connection. Um, Jesus said, uh, end of Matthew's gospel, his last command in that gospel to his disciples. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore... Having gone, notice the, the, the technical Greek grammar there, not go, but having gone. The assumption is you will have gone. <laughs> um, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, the environment is not the gospel. Let's get that clear. The gospel has to do with salvation through faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. But I think we're in, in a culture now where not bothering about the environment is rising up people's list of secular sins uh, and there's less inclination to, talk, to, to listen to a church if the church doesn't say anything about the environment. It's almost our ticket to be heard to make sure that we understand what the world around us is worried about. (laughs) If we don't understand that, we might well uh, not be heard. 
And there is some ground to be made up because I, you, you hear some speak, talk from churches, I think particularly in the US, but I've certainly heard it here as well. Now, yeah, don't worry about the environment. The earth's going to end anyway. Bring it on. Um, I can't go with that. Um, I think we do have a duty of care. And it's, it's, it facilitates our mission that we take it seriously. Uh, but that's not what I wanted to talk about today. Um, love your neighbor. Uh, this is one of Jesus' great commandments. Uh, and it's not limited. It includes Samaritans and people who are far off from us. In fact, the whole Bible, particularly the Old Testament, it talks at length about protecting the weak, the vulnerable, the poor, the disadvantaged. Um, and environmental damage is hurting our neighbor across the planet. So put that together with our mission. And we're already building a strong case for why Christians in particular uh, should care about the environment. Uh, but that's n- not what I wanted to talk about today. I think Claire Nutt-Brown-Hughes preached at our last creation care service, and that was a large part of what she was talking about. But if you look through the Bible, you also see some interesting, quite specific instructions about caring for the environment, uh, particularly in relation to agriculture, giving the time for the land to recover, protecting the land, don't keep expanding your cities and your houses indefinitely, and a little bit of looking after wildlife, not waging war on trees. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of there, and it, that, that would be another, another sermon to preach, but not today. This is what I want to focus on today. I, I, I kind of like this because it combines, on the one hand, the first mission of mankind to be God's image on earth, and the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God. And I could sum it up, um, God saying, love me, love my planet. <laughs> there's, there's something that has to be grasped there. Uh, and so creation care, has, it has to have some sort of concept of creation. What do we think about creation? And how do we relate to it? Now, I know a lot of people of faith are having problems with it, with talking about creation in any literal sense because they know they're going to get thrown back at them what about evolution didn't darwin disprove all that but what about the big bang aren't we all just part of random processes well i've had a long career as a scientist uh, and i understand kind of what science can tell you and what it can't tell you Uh, and so i'm quite comfortable to talk about creation in fact i think it really is quite fundamental to so much of our faith without it um, that there is a big hole in what we believe. So don't be bashful about it. Now, I, I've been writing something on this, specifically about how you put together a biblical view of creation and a scientific understanding of evolution. And how, how do you kind of bring them together? Because after all, in the end, there can only be one truth. And, and you, how do you find it? Now... <laughs> um, I'm up to 41,000 words so far. So I, I, thought, I thought I'd share this with you uh, some other time. Um, <laughs> for now, I just wanted to bring a, a few particular points that are there in the Bible about creation. And, and let's focus on that. The first and most obvious is that God created. Um, and it, it's, it's a logical necessity, if you think about it. If God did not create the earth? Does he truly own it? If he did not create the universe, is he 
truly God? Is it actually his? Was he wandering around the multiverse and said, there's a, there's a universe I like, I'll stick my flag on it. Uh, would he own it any more than uh, the United States owns the moon? I think not. I think, but we don't have to stop there because the, 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 it's scattered throughout the Bible. It's hard to find a book of the Bible that doesn't in some way allude to creation. In the beginning, we all know that, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But then it just continues right through the Old Testament in the Psalms. There's a famous verse, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, or the world and the fullness thereof. And Jesus said, have you not read from the beginning the creator made them male and female? It's right there. If, if we doubt this, we doubt Jesus. There is an important message in the nature of God, the status of God that he created. But also, he hasn't walked away. Creation is fallen, but not abandoned. Get that? Creation is fallen, but he has not abandoned it. If he's abandoned it, why did he send Jesus? And it says in Acts, he has not left himself without testimony to his goodness. He gives you rain from heaven in the fruitful seasons, filling your hearts with food and gladness. And he exerts power over creation. Psalm 78 summarizes the amazing things that were done as Moses brought the people out of Egypt and through the wilderness. The, the splitting of the sea, the, the water from the rocks, the cloud and the pillar of, of fire that led them. He's there interacting, not just generally sustaining day by day, but interacting with power. And again, jumping forward to Mark's gospel, when Jesus calmed the storm and the disciples said, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? See, that, that, that's what God does. He interacts. He has power in creation. But it's not unconditional. You'll see that when Israel followed God, the earth was blessed. When they sinned, the land suffered. But there's a way back. Now, now there's this verse that is often quoted in part, uh, from Second Chronicles. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. You might have heard that, but you might not have heard it with the first bit, which is about there being no rain and locusts and pestilence. It's about what's happening to the environment at the time that people can turn to God, they can seek his face. The whole context of that is environmental ruin. So God created, and he's not abandoned his creation, and he is still our hope to guide us to what to do. Because creation speaks of God. There are amazing verses in the Bible that tell us of the the nature, the character of God, how creation itself praises God. This is from Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. 
without speech or knowledge, without a sound to be heard. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. And in Romans, what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So if creation is not God's work, if it's not God's work, it doesn't speak the truth about God, but it does speak the truth. And if we damage creation, it's not properly representing God anymore. Because creation enables us to worship God. We've already sung some things this morning. When through the forest glades I wander, um, if you can, you know, the forest just over the other side of the river, you can go and, go and wander there. The, these things encourage worship. And you might have, uh, about two weeks ago, the Stirling Prize was announced. You know, remember the Stirling Prize, the architecture prize for great buildings? But it wasn't, was it? It wasn't for great buildings. The building didn't know it was getting a prize. The building received no money at all. <laughs> it was the architect who got the glory. <laughs> it was the architect that won the prize. And Hebrews reflects this. The builder of the house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. And, uh, and I love the way um, C.S. Lewis reflects on this, the way nature gives us the, the words of creation. This is from his little book, The Four Loves. Slightly dated in some of its ideas and language, but you know, a brilliant exposition of love in, in all its forms. And this, this, is, this is what he says. Uh, Many people, I'm one myself, would never but for what nature does to us have had any content to put into the words we must use in confessing our faith. Nature never taught me that there exists a God of glory and infinite majesty. I had to learn that in other ways. But nature gave the word glory a meaning for me. I still don't know where else I would have found one. I do not see how the fear of God could ever have meant anything but the lowest prudential efforts to be safe. If I had never seen certain ominous ravines and unapproachable crags, and if nature had never fully awakened certain longings in me, huge areas of what I'll now mean by the love of God would never, as far as I can see, have existed. Think about it. That what we know, what we understand about these things, about glory and infinity and light and power, we understand. It, nature. We don't worship nature, but nature gives us the words and some reasons to worship God. And finally, we'll talk about who we are created to be, because understanding that, understanding our origins in creation, to me, that is, it's fundamental. If we don't get that, we don't understand our relationship with God. We don't understand who we are. God created man in his own image, that male and female, he created them. So you collectively are the image of God. To rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every creature that crawls upon the earth. There's a special status that he gives. 
And Isaiah reinforces this. Um, God created the heavens and the earth. He established it. He did not create it empty. He formed it to be inhabited. (laughs) There was a purpose. He wanted it to be inhabited. He put people here because he wanted them to be there. It wasn't an afterthought. (laughs) And in Psalm 115, the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he's given to mankind. Now let's be careful. Does that mean we can do what we like with it? No. But it does mean we don't live as a chance step in some purposeless process. We live as God's special creation and his image. We have authority on and responsibility for the earth in the same way that Adam had responsibility to care for the garden, to tend the garden. That was his job. Not to be reckless, not to be wasteful. That wouldn't represent the image of God. God is not wasteful. God is not wantonly destructive. Ephesians says, be imitators of God. Be imitators of the creator. As Jesus perfectly represented God, he perfectly represented the creator. God created. He did not abandon his creation. He speaks to us through it, and through it we have the words and the reasons to send worship back to him and to know who we are in God, his special creation, and to live up to that responsibility. So in conclusion, um, why care for creation? Simple reason. It's God's. And I believe Christians should not be doing their bit. No, 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 that's not good enough. I think the church should have been leading. We should have been there first. We've got some catching up to do. So what's your next move? John, do you want to bring the band back? I'm going to break there. After some worship, uh, Rachel's going to come and talk about, well, what next? How How do we follow up and what do we do next? Thank you very much.